It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, no! Touchdown, Jets! Mike White, how about him? Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson's still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for midweek news and notes. So for that, we bring in our friend who is the co-founder over at JetsXFactor.com. Also the lead reporter there, Mr. Robbie Sable, the leader of the Sableholics. Robbie, fresh off a big-time TV appearance on NBC with the legendary Bruce Beck. I got to ask this question, though. How come you didn't bring me with you? How could you have Robbie Sable without Scott Mason? That's like having Axe without Smash. It's like having <laughs> Animal without Hawk. What's going on here? I mean, come on. You remember Jericho back in the day? He started out as a mid-carder, tag team. But then he eventually, you know, McMahon gave him a call, and it was break <laughs> the walls down. Nah, dude. I'll, Scotty with the Sable Hawk, anytime, anyplace. But. Yeah, Beck, Beck's a good guy. He's a pro's pro. I remember him back in the day in MSG. He's always done a good job. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a good time. Speaking of Beck, we might be talking a lot about another guy named Beck this offseason, and that's John Beck, who, of course, is Zach Wilson's personal quarterback coach because there's a lot of work to do to rebuild young Zach Wilson after what happened this season. Everybody was hoping that Wilson would at least improve from year one to year two. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. And look, we can sit here and point fingers as to whose fault it is. Is Wilson just not that good or the coach is bad? Did the supporting cast not lift him up enough? But the bottom line is, if Zach Wilson is going to be here next year and beyond that, the Jets and Wilson are going to have their work cut out for them this offseason. Salah had a lot to say about this. He talked about Daniel Jones. He said, Jones is having a remarkable year. It takes time said it was important to stay true to convictions about a player and not make knee-jerk reactions. Also talked quite a bit about how former Jets quarterbacks are having a lot of success right now. I assume he meant Geno Smith and to a much lesser extent, Sam Darnold. Although Mark Sanchez could be in that category. He's killing it in the announce booth. He said so many ex-Jets are having success elsewhere. If there's any franchise that should recognize that, hey, maybe we should give these young men a little bit of time. It's this organization. In theory, I get it, but you're not going to wait nine years for Geno Smith, and you're not going to wait almost a full five years for Sam Darnold. So Zach Wilson's not going to get the entirety of a rookie contract, or in the case of Geno Smith, almost double the entirety of a rookie contract, if we're being realistic about it. Sal went on to say that Zach Wilson needs to chill out, get away from football, unplug, and then come at this fresh in the offseason, and then, of course, into the year 2023. I've said this before, Robbie. If Zach Wilson is going to stay here, and I think that's an open question, the Jets can say whatever they want to publicly, but I'm sure if people are interested in Zach Wilson, if the phone rings, they're going to be willing to listen. 
If Zach Wilson gets traded, he gets traded. If he stays here, then what they're going to have to do is go out and get a veteran quarterback who's going to play in 2023 at least. Maybe beyond that, but at least 2023. Zach Wilson can redshirt, and the Jets can work with him to fix his flaws and hopefully bring him back in 2024. That, of course, would be the best-case scenario. Without question, it is well within reason to say that Zach Wilson's career is not over and that he could turn it around. We've seen examples, but there's no way he's going to be the starting quarterback next year. I think we recognize that. The Daniel Jones example, a powerful one for Robert Sala. Sam Darnold a little less so. We had a couple of nice games down the stretch. We still don't know exactly where he's at. Geno Smith making the Pro Bowl absolutely boosts Robert Sala's case too. So this will be an interesting situation going forward. I fully expect the Jets to go get a veteran to be the starter next year, but we will see if Zach Wilson ends up on the roster and they are committed to rebuilding him and trying him again in the future, or if that's all just talk and he ends up somewhere else this offseason. Yeah, the thing I the, the major thing I take away from this is that, you know, today's digital media sports world, you know, with the hot takes, with the short segments, with the bold declarations, this guy's gonna be great, this guy's not gonna be great, you know. This needs to happen. That needs to happen. Nothing is that absolute. And, you know, if someone were to ask me, will Zach Wilson work out with the Jets? Will Zach Wilson ever be a good quarterback in the NFL? I have no freaking idea. I mean, I think the right answer is nothing is that absolute. Is there Are there different talent levels between different guys? Yes. Mental capacities? Yes. But I think front offices, the smart ones and the smart coaching staffs have to take a much smarter approach, which is nothing is absolute. And the question is, how can we get this guy to a, to a certain level, to a certain degree? It's possible. How likely is it? And, you know, whether it's totally on Zach Wilson, whether a lot of it falls on the coaching staff and not developing him, not having a, a veteran quarterback coach, uh, you know, their plans went down the toilet when, when Greg Knapp, that tragedy happened. Um, you know, Beck, his quarterback coach, you know, former college quarterback coach, came in last year, nothing this year, seemed to not work out for him. Nothing is absolute. So, you know, I go into the offseason with an open mind. I tend to agree with you that, I mean, obviously, there's no way you could hand him the starting job and name him QB1. But, you know, is there a scenario in which the light does go on with the right coaching? I mean, look at Daniel Jones. Like you said, Dayball, it's, you know, he's not tearing the world on fire statistically, but he's doing a hell of a job in his, what, fourth year now with the right coach, uh, with the right guy who understands today's NFL. So I think more than the quarterback, they got to get the right quarterback coaching down this offseason. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Robbie, what I've learned from all my years of watching college quarterbacks and trying to figure out which ones are going to be good, and then watching the guys that do this for a living, even the very best at it, and seeing how they break down these quarterbacks and how often even they are wrong, if I may quote one of the great philosophers of our time, Steve Borden, a.k.a. former WCW world champion Sting, the only thing that's for sure when it comes to evaluating young quarterbacks is nothing's for sure. So we will see what happens with Zach Wilson. But without a doubt, the Jets need better quarterback play. Salah acknowledged that during his press conference and also vociferously defended his friend 
Mike LaFleur, who is the offensive coordinator. Mike LaFleur has been a very divisive figure among Jets fans. And it's not because he's a bad guy or he's constantly making comments that are riling people up. It's that some people think that LaFleur has done a pretty solid job but hasn't been helped by a lot of the other things around him, specifically the quarterback play. And then there are others that will say the numbers speak for themselves. The Jets can't score in the red zone. They've put up very few points, especially the last few weeks. They've been at the bottom of the league in offensive production since LaFleur has been here. And so even though maybe he's better than Gason Loggins, that's not exactly a high bar. And he's somebody that should absolutely have his job called into question. Me personally, I probably fall somewhere in the middle. I don't think he's done a great job. I don't think he's been terrible. I think if he has better quarterback play, it'll be easier to evaluate him. Although there is an argument to be made that part of the reason that Zach Wilson isn't where the Jets want him to be is that Mike LaFleur hasn't done a very good job of developing him. So there's a lot in play here, but I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I think he's been okay. I don't think he's been great. I would be okay with giving him another year if they get rid of him. I wouldn't cry about it, especially if they go out and get an established offensive mind who has a track record, particularly working with quarterbacks, particularly working with young quarterbacks. If that were to happen, I'd be fine with it. I think at this point, the only way that happens, though, is if the call comes from above Robert Sala. I don't think Robert Sala is going to do anything. If it comes from Joe Douglas or if it comes from Woody Johnson, then maybe a move is made. I'm curious to see how this plays out going forward, but I will say this. If Mike LaFleur stays for year number three, and I think that probably will be the case, the heat is going to be on him big time once the season begins next year. No doubt. And I think I'm somewhere in the middle like you, but my major takeaway is this. It, it it's so much deeper than just the floor and just the scheme. And what I mean is this, the, the scheme he runs, Shanahan, you have to be able to run the ball. You have to have an offensive line for it to work. And for it to work, it, that hinges on whether your quarterback develops or not. You know, compare this scheme against Reed, Andy Reed and KC. It's more QB friendly. You know, you're going to give the QB more shots. You're going to give him more chances to, to win and lose downfield. Um, you know, I saw something from Reed in 2011, 2012, when he just got to KC. I forget the exact year. Uh, there were principles for the quarterback. I think I may have mentioned it on a podcast one time. And his one of the sentences was, don't be afraid. Eliminate mistakes, but don't be afraid to make a mistake. And the way the Jets played games this year with Salah, and Salah's involved in this too, it's not a high-flying, high-risk offensive scheme where, where the units complement one another. It's very defensive. It's very conservative. And I wonder the ceiling in terms of developing a quarterback with that type of mindset. So in that regard, it runs deeper than just LaFleur calling plays. You know, a lot of the there were some head scratchers in terms of him calling plays, but, you know, I think without quarterback play, they really can't engage it. You really can't evaluate it. I think it runs deeper than the floor in the way Salah envisions his football team. Can you develop a quarterback? And, you know, I think that's the biggest question for me right now. Robert Salah talked about what the roster looks like compared to how it looked when he walked in the building. He said that when he locked arms with Joe Douglas two years ago, when you take a look at where the team was then to where they are now, there's a lot to be excited about. Talk about Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Elijah Barrett Tucker, Sauce Gardner, and several other key young players that have the potential to be building blocks for this team. 
He's definitely right. The Jets are in a much better spot than they were before. They do have cornerstone pieces, which they did not have. The only one you can make the argument for is Quinnen Williams that was here before Joe Douglas and before Robert Sala. That said, this is not going to be good enough again next year to just say, oh, there's good young pieces here. Didn't make the playoffs, had a losing record, but there's good young pieces. The Jets are going to have to make the playoffs next year. So they've got the building blocks, but they've got to make changes. They need to go out and improve at safety. They need to go out and improve at linebacker. They absolutely need to do something on the offensive line. But of course, Robbie, and we've talked about this before, what they need to do more than anything else is get a capable, proven starting quarterback in here to elevate everything. Because we can talk about Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, and a bunch of others. Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo will have plenty of time to talk about them in the offseason, but the bottom line on both of them is neither one of them is great. Both of them are good. And as my friend, the very big deal, Chris Nimbley of JetsInsider.com likes to say, with this current Jets roster, good is good enough. May not get the Jets to the Super Bowl, but it would almost certainly get them to the playoffs if people stay healthy. And the Jets haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years. you got to walk before you can run. It's th- This is a very talented roster, and I think – it's more talented than anyone thinks, and rightly so, because when you're playing with the worst quarterback situation in the league, my, my God, it, it drags everything down to such a degree that it, it's hard to realize until you actually see competent quarterback play. So I think in terms of that, uh, yeah, they do have areas they have to hit, like you mentioned, no question. But I think in terms of the overall talent on this roster, it, it's a pleasant plus. Garrett Wilson, absolutely one of the pleasant pluses. And I would say if you're going to take anybody going into this final game of the season between the Jets and Dolphins on the daily fantasy matchups and the prize picks player projections on the Jets this Sunday, Garrett Wilson would be the guy. I know he hasn't hit his prize picks player projection the last two weeks. And I might stay away from all the Jets, but if I was going to pick one, it would still be Garrett Wilson. Remember, you pick two to six players over prizepicks.com or the prizepicks app. And if they beat their prizepicks player projections, you can win up to 25 times the amount of money that you put in. You also can get your first deposit matched up to 100 bucks when you use the promo code PLAJ. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll match 100 bucks. Put in 50 bucks, they'll match 50 bucks. You don't play against anybody else, just against the prizepicks player projections. You don't have to play football, though. It could be baseball, basketball, hockey, anything you want. Just go to prizepicks.com or the prizepicks app. Use the promo code PLAJ and they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Speaking of the young talent, Robbie, for the first time in a while, the Jets have two players that are currently considered among the elite in the NFL. ESPN's Bill Barnwell put together his list of the top 50 players, his true all-pro team, and two guys that were listed as starters, Sauce Gardner and Quinn Williams. No big surprise there. Both of those guys are absolutely elite. I mean, first team all-pros, in my opinion, uh, no doubt about it. And for Sauce, as a rookie, that's incredible. Uh, you know, corner, it's one of the spots, you know, it's unlike receiver and tight ends where you can let your athleticism do more of the percentage in terms of a rookie. But incredible stuff from Sauce and Quinnen. I don't think a lot of people would have had Sauce as a first-team All-Pro uh, back in August. But um, it's definitely looking like that could happen, if not first-team, second-team. Some more stuff from Robert Sala. He said that he will not be giving some of the younger players more opportunities in this game just because the playoffs are out of the question. He's going to play the best players because he feels like he owes it to the locker room to try to go all out to win this game. Admitted that it would be fun to end Mike McDaniel's season, as you know, 
LaFleur and Salah are both very good friends with Mike McDaniel from their days coaching together with the 49ers, said it would be fun to have Mike McDaniel on vacation with him. Salah also talked about injuries, said Mike White is dealing with day-to-day rib soreness but should be ready for Sunday. LaMarcus Joyner is likely out with a hip injury. Brandon Eccles, who's been out a couple of weeks, probably not going to play either. Tony Adams would play in the place of LaMarcus Joyner if Joyner doesn't go. So even though Salah's not doing that because he wants to give the young guy a look, taking a look at Tony Adams is a bit of a side benefit here because we know that Joyner has been pretty bad this year and he's not going to be back next year. So might as well see what you have in Tony Adams. Also should note that Sheldon Rankins has won the Media Good Guy of the Year Award for the Jets. That's an award that was named after Gerald Eskenazi, the longtime Jets beat reporter for the New York Times. So Sheldon Rankins, who may not be back next year because this was the second year on a two-year deal, showed that he certainly was an asset not only on the field but in the locker room. Wasn't a dominant player by any means, but definitely a useful player on the interior defensive line. He could be, and yeah, he could be a uh, media guy. Once once his career is over, he's got that presence about him. Um, I remember I was in the locker room for the year Jordan Jenkins won it three years ago or two years ago. I forget which year exactly. I think three years ago uh, before COVID. But um, yeah, it's a solid award. The beat writers hand out. Simini and Costello are usually the ringleaders these days. Um, And uh, I forget who it was last year. It'll come to me later, I'm sure. But Rankin's definitely deserving. He, he always says the right thing off the field, uh, no matter the disappointment, no matter what's going on, and definitely a pleasant surprise on the field this year. Robbie, last order of business, the draft order. So the Jets currently sit at number 13 in the draft order, according to tankathon.com. They could fall a couple of spots. The highest they could go is to 10, because right now they are 7-9, and nine, tied with Cleveland, Tennessee, and New Orleans, and here's the wild thing. All of those teams have opponents with the same combined winning percentage. What are the odds of that? 438 is the winning percentage of the collective opponents of all four of those teams. So what happens in this last week could make a big difference. Jets could be as high as 10. They cannot get ahead of Carolina, Las Vegas, and Atlanta, even though it's possible they wind up with the same record as them because the collective winning percentage of the opponents of those three teams is significantly lower. So the Jets could drop back a couple of spots, but they could end up in the top 10 again. Never would have believed that when they were sitting at seven and four a few weeks ago, but losing five games and potentially six will do that to you. Yeah. Oh, the pain has one famous uh, Jets fan who was on WFN for a long time used to say, Never could have imagined that. You know, I did expect them to struggle. You mentioned it too, and you were right on the money. I mean, losing AVT and Brees Hall, you didn't think they would duplicate their 5-2 and two start, but this is beyond anything. I mean, even in their losses, they competed to Minnesota, to uh, Buffalo on the road, the Mike White-Ribs game. Uh, but since then, it's just it's just been one of those seasons yet again. Um, and that is crazy. The, the opponent winning percentage being tied for all those teams – you never see that in terms of the tankathon race, but uh, hey, we'll see what happens. Uh, Jets will definitely play, and Tony Adams too. To your point, that's a good bonus getting to see him. He was solid in, in training camp. Definitely a surprise to make the fifty-three man roster. I thought Parks popped and did a lot more, but um, interested to see Adams, and we'll see. Hey, 10, 11, 12, 13. 
10 would be nice. I'll say that. Robbie Sabo, co-founder of JetsXFactor.com and the leader of the Sableholics, as well as lead reporter over JetsXFactor.com. But I think being leader of the Sableholics is probably number one on the list. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about the midweek news and notes with me. Really appreciate it. Robbie, before you run, I know there's a lot going on over at JetsXFactor. And when people sign up, they get an 8x10 signed by a certain Jets legendary wide receiver. I'll give you a hint. It's not Wesley Walker. It's not Al Toon. It's not Don Maynard. It's some guy who wore the number 80. It's a guy who is from Garfield who says all those guys are better than him, no matter what the fans say. Says Toon's better, Walker's better, Maynard's better. Of course, Maynard, we know that. But <laughs> yes, uh, Mr. Wayno, Wayno Corbett. Uh, JetsXFactor.com, use discount code 80 and off you go. Wayne Corbett, nothing if not humble. Also very tough. If you remember watching Wayne Corbett, that dude could take a licking and keep on ticking. So make sure you check out everything over at JetsXFactor.com and get yourself an autographed 8x10 of Wayne Corbett while you're at it. Make sure you check out everything we've got going on over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel. Some awesome statistical work by Haley English over at PlayLikeAJet.com and some fantastic all-22 breakdowns over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee-public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the play like a jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's tee-public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money. It goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital at playlikeajet.com. 